For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Shoot the radio universe! It's a new day! Yes, it is! I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle! Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. Quit riding a bicycle in this arena. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your thumbnail! But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome episode 246 of the straight shooters available wherever you find your favorite podcast my name is vaughn johnson joined as always by my main man pots and pans nick pacone a philly voice and philly influencer and we got yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight where we're not going to do a deep dive like we've done the last couple weeks even though those have been a lot of fun but we're going to you know take a different approach this week we're going to actually talk about current events what Current things that are happening in pro wrestling, usually very boring and mundane to talk about, but some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Uh, but before we get into all that, I got to do my weekly check on my guy, my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Pacone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer, Nick, Nicholas Pacone. How are you doing tonight, my good brother, on this fine Wednesday evening? After five long months of feeling abnormal with this coronavirus pandemic, going on it now feels completely normal again oh boy. when it comes we to going with this philly sports <laughs> oh man it is been uh quite a ride to say the least and we're right back where we left off in agonizing pain every single game and uh i just feel like you know maybe that's a good sign for humanity in general because if we're not <laughs> feeling what we're feeling is anything truly normal I don't, I don't know. So, uh, you know what? Sports are back, and that's fun. And the Philadelphia Union, how about that? They're them? in the semis, right? They are, yeah. They play tonight. So, uh, as we record Bruh, this, they'll like, be kicking off. So, well, I, could, I'm I don't know in. if it's – is it technically called the MLS Cup, or is it just a championship of the MLS's back tournament? Yes, yeah, the MLS's back tournament. But, uh, you know, they're putting their, that emphasis of, of how important this is. So, it might as well be – the MLS right, Cup. Like, <laughs> pretty like like it's pretty much like this could be their unofficially their first MLS Cup if they win tonight, as you as you mentioned here, as we record this on August. It is August, by the way. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, August fifth, twenty twenty, uh, before AEW and NXT. So we're not going to talk about either one of those shows on on this here show, but we got some things to talk about when it comes to WWE and AEW. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, 
Philly sports are back. Basketball is back. The Sixers won just moments ago. Uh, the Flyers are looking good. The Phillies are the Phillies, you know, and uh, <laughs> the Union, you know, and, you know, it's, hey, you know, like you said, some normalcy, somewhat, you know, not all the way there, obviously, but uh, it's good to have something, you know. It is. It is. Good. And, and, you know, I'm sure you're getting excited uh, as of now. You know, the NFL season's still on, so we hope that everyone's taking the proper precautions and, and players and every team and uh how about out in denver they're like they have those would almost look like steel th- those uh what do they call them the, the steel things you go through at the airport yeah or whatever that just fill with sanitizer yeah, I, I know i know exactly what you're talking about and i yeah. saw it I, so, I, don't know, I don't know whether it works or not whatever <laughs> right i don't know but it's something. No it's something. idea. So let's hope uh, it you know, is football something. gets on gets on track too. And uh, you know, th- this fall is going to be crazy. You know, I work out of school, so we're going back and forth every single day. It's crazy. So uh, yeah, in the, in the crazy just announced times, that. Good. Uh, I was going to say, in Philly, we just announced that the kids aren't going back until November. Everything's going to be all virtual until yeah. at the earliest November. So yeah, and I think which is uh, good. Right, right. I, I'm in that boat. I'm with you. I work in Jersey, so for Jersey's always been in a mind of its own. So we'll see what hmm. what happens with with that. I know. I have seen some pictures of a, like I think a school in Georgia where the kids are just in the hallway, no mask. Yeah, jam packed yeah, that... to the gills. It's like, bro. At least if you're gonna send them back to the schools, at least give them mask or something. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's damn. And we've already been through, you know, various guy uh, plans, I guess, throughout the course of the summer, where social distancing and masks were basically the least requirement. Where if that doesn't happen, then nothing, nothing else is going to happen. So you're going to have half the amount of people in the building. You're going to have everybody wearing a mask at all times, except when they eat. But you know, that's the world we live in right now and it's going to be the normal for a while and just like the normal for a long long time is uh philly sports giving me uh, agita so uh, except the flyers you know damn. you see the flyers out there but damn man flyers Look, are flyers looking good baby yeah they're looking so, good so the, they're the only team i could watch right now that doesn't fill me with rage <laughs> <laughs> my god wrestlemania rage <laughs> we got a lot to talk about on these yeah. shows. Yeah. And if you want to listen to our WrestleMania Rage Party episode, go back in the archives. It's only, what, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, so episodes we've ever done. We've done a lot of really great ones that I love. And that was out of the box, uh, out of the box thinking by you. And we did a deep dive, and it was awesome. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and we're going to do that again in the near future. Uh, for some more deep dives into different uh, happenings and the history of pro wrestling. But for now, we're going to talk some current events. And it doesn't get much more current than AEW and the launching of their new, what they call, and this is from their press release, their new female-focused wrestling community called AEW Heels. And again, this is straight from their their press release. Uh, It is powered by the Women's Union Secure Digital Platform. Female wrestling fans 
can seamlessly access AEW's heel, AEW Heels' exclusive content and other special benefits all in a safe environment for engaging for engaging in conversation and developing friendships worldwide. Uh, and on the surface, providing a, a safe space for uh, you know female wrestling fans, it sounds like a good idea in theory. But here's here's where it gets kind of strange. Here's where it raised a lot of eyebrows. See, with an annual paid subscription of forty nine dollars. <laughs> And at, once people heard that, they was like, what? Because it's not like the platform itself is free and it's like different tiers to access, you know, the members, you know, because it says members receive access to a variety of features, including virtual meet and greets, video conference discussions with industry experts, exclusive AEW talent Q&A sessions, customized merchandise, special promotions, themed parties, and more. So it's not like all that stuff is, you know... $49 a year and the chat function, I guess, is the, you know, the platform itself is free. Uh, it's at the whole thing is apparently 50 bucks a year. And I don't know. Did you hear about this at all today, Nick? Yeah, I received the press release as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept and it makes me think that maybe this is part of, uh, maybe a response to the criticisms the company as a whole has faced in the women's division on TV and even on AEW Dark, where uh, the criticism has been piling up within ever since October, really, where it just seemed like they weren't putting an emphasis on that division, especially on Dynamite on TNT. And everyone would say, well, at least it's on AEW Dark. But yeah, like how many people go and watch AEW? for one, do not watch AEW Dark every week. It's it's just something that I don't have as part of my routine at this point. So my first thought was maybe this is a response to that criticism in that they're very much... And it's funny because it has nothing to do with like their women's division on TV, but maybe it's kind of like a, you know, a grassroots campaign of introducing more women to, to the product and trying to get more fans that way. And hell, maybe even looking at talent, if there's wrestling talent out there that hasn't been able to get noticed yet, maybe this is their opportunity to get noticed. And yes, it's, it, I don't know how they would go about that. You know, it's basically AEW providing all these things that you said, the, uh, what was it? The meet and greets, the video conference discussions, uh, Q&A sessions, customized merchandise, special promotions, theme parties. So I'm not sure how th that would work. But for, for my first inclination was that, okay, this is their attempt to get that women viewer and keep them as a response to the criticism they've been facing. Here's the thing, though. The aspect of, you know, the, the part of the idea of providing a safe space for women, you know, female wrestling fans, in theory, is a good idea. Uh, it's a shame that you have to provide a safe space. You know, it'd be nice if, you know, you can just, women can just 
Yeah, like you talk know, about feel wrestling safe. without looking, look being looked down on. You know, it happens in sports. Right. You know, so yeah, exactly. Under, yep. But I think so. Good idea. Good idea in theory, but I think the execution is poor from AEW. First off, it costs fifty bucks a year. If you talk about inclusion and all this and that and diversity, inclusion should not cost any money. That should just be free. If you're going to provide the safe space. You should be free of charge. Maybe if you charge for the uh, the meet and greets, maybe you charge for the the seminars because they have an event this weekend uh, off top Friday. I should say uh, there's a virtual event uh, with a, there's a Q and A with Aubrey Edwards, who I believe is a head referee, um, and a social media strategizing discussion with Brandy Rhodes, and they have a, a special presentation on. A special session, I should say, on respect and empowerment in the workplace with Keisha Ann Gray, partner at Pro Scour. I don't know if I said that right, but that's straight from the press release. Um, so maybe you charge for the different events, but you don't charge for the platform in general. Like if you want to provide a safe space, give them that safe space for free of charge. Cause that's what they deserve. Like that's what women deserve. They deserve the safe space to talk about wrestling. And to form those friendships without having, and yeah, fifty dollars a year may not seem like a ton of money. I could do the math off the top of my head. Uh, it's like what four bucks a year, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I can do the get the calculator out real quick. It's yeah, sure. four dollars. It's pretty much four dollars a year, four dollars a month, I should say, per month. But in the middle of a pandemic, people are out of, out of work. Their incomes ain't necessarily coming in super fast, and you know, or, or at all. I don't know if now's the right time to be launching a, you know, a, a safe space for fifty dollars a year. Is, is it? Uh, this doesn't feel right. It feels weird. It, it, to, you know, you should. I feel like being inclusive shouldn't be a opportunity to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Am I, I making sense there? I see that part of it, and it it is kind of weird when you know people are asking. For money during a pandemic, especially when the unemployment rate is what it is, and it it is, I have to say, I didn't look at it. That wasn't like the first thing I thought of, but it it's a good point. You know, why not give them that safe space for free and then charge for certain special events? But the overall experience, you know, shouldn't cost anything. I guess so. I do understand right. that. Uh, I am not a woman, so I don't know what I would feel if if I were one, uh, because I'm not like a marginalized, you know, I haven't been marginalized, and I, I don't know what that feels like. So I'm not, I'm not saying like you're wrong, and I actually agree with you, but I'd be interested to hear, you know, some of those if any other people have criticized them for the same reasons. And I would have to go on social media, obviously, because I, I, today right. I haven't really been on there much. So, uh, except last hour when I was live tweeting how the Sixers were terrible and <laughs> the Phillies were blowing it. But other than that, uh, you know, I would have to go because social media really does kind of bring out the good points and, and like it has its bad issues, of course, but, I do rely on social media for uh, kind of articulating arguments where, you know, it would be what, what I'm thinking, but sometimes I have a hard time articulating a certain point. And then I was, I see like a tweet and I'm like, yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> so I do wonder if uh, they're kind of coming under uh, 
not, I don't want to say under fire, but if they're receiving some of those responses uh, in, in the same vein, and if they will wind up changing this to just that, where, you know, anyone can just come in and, and sign up and register, but maybe for this certain event on well, this month, it's $20, and maybe somebody well, will be more inclined to pay that, and and but the whole experience, you know, month to month is free. I do understand that point. Well, I have been on social media today, and I can tell you that they have gotten some criticism. Okay, that's good from from people, specifically a friend of the show, Kate Foray. Oh, I believe her last name. Sorry. Sorry, Kate, I'm messing up your last name. But at Make It Loud on Twitter, friend of the yeah. show, had on in the past. We got to have her on again, by the way. Yeah. Um. So shout out to Kate. Uh. You know, she's one of the many people that I saw. Uh. You know, kind of criticizing this. It's like, why would you do this now? And it's, you know, she she looked at, you know, the whole, like, sign-up process. And, yeah, it's 49 bucks for the year. And it says she put up a screenshot of her, like, going through the sign-up process and says, like, annual membership includes inside access to AEW Heal events and all the other stuff that I pretty much read in the press release. It oh, also says the secure space also enables AEW Heal's members to connect, learn, and thrive together through shared passions for women's wrestling. Which, again, in theory, that sounds great. But to charge for it, this feels weird to me. I don't know why they would feel like that's the thing to do. Also, the name itself is kind of off-putting for some people because it's called AEW Heels. Now, I get it. It's a play on words, right? It's heels for high heels. It's in the logo, literally. And it's pertaining to women who might wear, you know... Uh, not pertaining to women, it's pertaining to wrestling because of uh, villains. They're known as heels, obviously. Um, so it's kind of that play on words, but maybe the, the, a female wrestling fan isn't the girly type to wear heels. Maybe they don't want to, you know, <laughs> maybe you're not really catering to them, I guess. I mean, you know, there's all types of women out there who don't have to be, not, or not into the the real you know, feminine girly girl type of stuff. They're they're they don't wear high heels. So they don't they don't really identify with the whole heels aspect of it. So it doesn't sound that uh welcoming to all women. But so I get it, it was a play on words as, as for the branding aspect, but I think it was another misstep in you know by AEW on this. Again, good idea in theory, but in execution and in practice it needs some work. Um, yeah. So and I, I'm reading a tweet from somebody who I saw on Twitter. They said Harmonopoly. Say where where exactly is at Harmonopoly? So shout out to this person. Uh, by the way, I'm not familiar with them, but I just saw this tweet. I thought it was interesting because it's a perspective that I because not me not being a woman again, like you said, I, I'm not fully aware of. But it's something that we have to, you know, take into account. It says where does AEW get off charging women? to join a supportive community of wrestling fans when every female wrestling fan I know already has been doing this work for free for as long as I've been a, 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 as long as I've been on wrestling Twitter. Also, why in the year got 20 goddamn 20 are we still marketing wrestling quote-unquote for girls with hyper-femme nonsense? That's the, the heels part I was talking about there. There are wrestling fans that aren't on the gender binary, which is also true. I have never worn a pair of heels, and I'm never going to. Why do wrestling companies keep doing this? Which is also fair. Like, 
the same thing with WWE used to do the same thing with the Divas title and everything they did was pink. You know, yeah. all the branding yeah. and all the, the the women's music and all this stuff. And it's like, just just put them out there. They're just women. Like UFC don't make the women feel girly and all this. They just whoop ass. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's nothing overtly girly about Amanda Nunes. She just goes out there whoop people's asses. Oh yeah, she's a woman by the way. Like that. You don't have to do all that to separate them. It's like they they're women and they're that's what they are and we accept it and that's it like so i think that's another misstep by AEW, and i think wwe's got away from that by the way for the most part of kind of branding all the women's stuff pink and all that stuff but AEW doing the heels thing i think i think that's a legit uh those are legit criticisms of AEW right there in in, in their execution of this again let me reiterate in theory, the idea is a good one, providing a safe space for, you know, people that identify as a woman or, you know, cis females, whatever, to have a safe space to talk about pro wrestling. I think that's a good idea. Uh, and I saw some people out there, I saw some dudes out there, it's like, what? It's how, talk about inclusion, but there's no male thing. It's like, dude, the male thing is called Twitter. <laughs> the male platform is called Facebook. Like, there's plenty of those out there for men. We don't have to go anywhere. To have safe spaces for us to talk about pro wrestling, uh, you know, the fact is that us guys make it unsafe for the women that they have to have their own platforms. It's the same way for like HBCUs. You know, you can say, "Oh, there's no all white schools." Like they already existed. <laughs> like they didn't let black people in. That's why we created our own schools. So, you know, that's that's a whole other discussion. But uh, again, in theory, great idea, uh, and I think AEW has done some good things when it comes to to, to diversity and they can use some more diversity at the top of the card let's be honest there but as far as inclusion stuff like that they've talked to talk and in some ways in some ways not always but in some ways they've walked that walk they still got a lot of work to do and i think aew heels is another example of yeah they got some work to do they're not perfect at all when it comes to this inclusion stuff that they talk about a lot uh but you know they're trying <laughs> you know i give them Kudos for that, but again, $50 a year, it should be $0 a year. Don't charge people for this, especially now during the middle of a pandemic. And again, unless you want to charge people for the special events, I can understand that. But I just don't see how inclusion and in, in, in a safe space is, is a business opportunity. I, I just That doesn't vibe with me at all. And also, again, there are some women out there who won't really rock with the heels aspect of, you know, the... the, the the feminine, the, the feminine, I, don't know, I guess, was, you know, the tweets at the hyper femme side of this mm-hmm. that may turn some women off who aren't into that. So and that's, you look at the logo. I mean, the, the right, logo it's got high heels it has, in it. It's actually high heels. So for those that would like to say, oh, it's probably just to play off the wrestling lingo heels. No, there's an actual pair of heels in the logo. Right. So, yeah, I. Again, I think they should. They they didn't really take that into account uh, when they started this. It just was like, "Hey, women, come and do this and play off words, put some high heels in the logo, and yeah, just you know, women can talk about wrestling." It's like, but you, when you talk that inclusion talk, you got to be more open than that. You got to be, uh, you got to be aware of all the different types of people that are out there. You know, if you want to be really inclusive, uh, and I think that this. This was a, they kind of dropped the ball on this one. Uh, 
in this specific instance. I'm not going to crush AEW for this. I don't think they're worthy of being crushed and canceled or whatever. It's just, I think it's a misstep that can be easily corrected at some point, like tomorrow even. <laughs> but I don't think they, they deserve also, they don't deserve like a bunch of kudos and praise for this. Like they got the Sports Illustrated story, which reads pretty much like a press release and, you know, it's all, you know, hyping up Brandy Rhodes, who deserves hype, but this isn't, no, this isn't uh, the way, this execution was very poor. Yeah, and opinion. I have a big problem with publications like that, trying to basically just play cheerleader, and it's happened a lot with AEW, and I've kind of been like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, they are a new company, let's give them, you know, the opportunity to make mistakes and then correct them, but then you still have, like, these, these, outlets that aren't going to take them to task for very real things that can like it's not whining it's not like there's a very real issue about this whole thing so why not address that like why why are you just going to play cheerleader i've always been against that i'm not i don't like it and you know it it was it was like that when even in a wrestling angle they had with Tyson and Jericho, the way every single outlet played it up, like, oh, it was crazy. Like, well, what's going to happen next? And that's a completely separate issue than this. But I think it's just par for the course when it comes to these certain outlets that have, you know, a, a good relationship with AEW and the people that run it. And they just give them kind of like praise for, for certain things that you, you can look at it and just say, eh, this might not be the smartest thing, and here's why. I don't see that enough, and I think you you articulated it very well. You made some very great points throughout the, this whole discussion, and I do think that they got to re- relook at this and retool it in a way. Uh, I think the maybe the original idea is good, but they definitely have to fine tune it. Yeah, yeah. Another tweet from Kate here. She said, also, as usual, is this meant to just be for women? What about non-binary people? The, that branding doesn't feel very welcoming. I get the dual meaning of heels, heels, like, you know, high heels, wrestling heels. It's QC, but be mindful who you're trying to convince to join. Language matters and branding matters. And that's 100% true. Again, I'm not a woman, so that's why I defer to women on, and their feelings about this. Uh, you know, and, and it's... Just when you think about it, take a second to think about it, it's actually true. And my biggest bone of contention at first, again, the $50 price to, you know, join a safe space only if you got the money, that kind of sucks. But then you think about the the optics and the branding, and it's like, yeah, you know what? That's right, too. So, uh, yeah, AEW, let's, let's uh, be better from that standpoint. Let's, let's tweak some things here and there. Uh, you, you, you're doing... You're doing a good thing, but just, like I said, poor execution at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of... <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of a decent idea, maybe, or but definitely some odd execution, let's talk about Raw Underground, shall we? Let's. I think it's time. Could not wait. I think it's time. Uh, since you could not wait... I'll pretty much let you go and run with it. First, in case you missed Raw, uh, Shane McMahon showed up on Raw. I'm sure you might have heard about that. And introduced 
pretty much Fight Club to WWE or Bloodsport. So they pretty much had like a Kumite. <laughs> no Frank Ducks though. Right. Who I found out recently, like before Frank Raw Underground, Frank Ducks was a complete fraud. You ever see Bloodsport? What do you think? I'll take that, take that as a no. <laughs> God damn, Nick. John Claude Van Damme, Bolo. I know him. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker was in it too. Come on, man. Get, get it together. But the story of Bloodsport is based off of a guy named Frank Dukes who apparently took part in this tournament, the secret tournament with all these great mixed martial artists called the Kumite. And that's what how the that's what the movie Bloodsport is based off of. Turns out, well, first off, at the end of the movie, they run through like Frank Dukes' stats. With like it as his knockout in history, he won like three hundred to no. And it turns out he made all this stuff up. It was a complete uh false all falsehoods, all lies. And uh but Bloodsport is still a great movie. But back to Raw Underground. They pretty much took that, mixed in some of Josh Barnett's blood sport, the, the show he does around WrestleMania weekend, and Fight Club and put it on Raw out of nowhere with WWE wrestlers, no ropes. People in an underground place cheering and hopping in and fighting and getting slammed. And yeah, it just, it was just there. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> uh, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this, please. I laughed the very first time I saw it, it come up. Um, they had like a new graphic for it. They did Kevin Dunn camera cuts to these three women dancing. Uh, fully clothed, by the way, which was, you know, not bad, but it was hilarious because this whole vibe they were trying to put off was, uh, I think it was all comedy t- to me because I wasn't interested in the least until the very, very end. So we had guys like uh, Viking Raider, Eric. Uh, Eric and I, Ivar Eric was and there. Ivar, and I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe this could be fun in a in a in a way. Um, no, then he had like Dolph Ziggler in there, and it was kind of like, wait, what? What? <laughs> and then it it just it missed the mark for me completely. Even as a comedy act, I, I like I just laughed, and I knew it was supposed to be serious. I mean, they weren't. I, I knew from the first time they showed it, it wasn't some type of comedy thing. That's just how I took it. And I, I was just, it, they kept cutting back to it. And it was like at 10 p.m. Raw Underground. But I thought it was going to be like the whole hour or something. Kinda, I, I guess I could say I'm kind of happy they didn't just switch to that for a whole hour because I'm not sure how much more I could have taken to that point. Uh, but I will say it does have promise moving forward if MVP, Bobby Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin have anything to do with it and they keep running with it. And they make it something that it was definitely not on Monday night. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it was like as ridiculous as some people, but I because I, I just thought it was funny. But there is it's a three hour show, so if anything can be different, I'm all for it. So if they can make this into something that people can look forward to every week, at least for the time being until the pandemic ends then i'm for it and i thought the ending with uh, the hurt business owning everything was really well done so it gave me a little bit of hope at the end 
but I missed a whole lot because I was just kind of like, I'm sure there were things like, I'm sure there were people in the ring that I, I didn't, or I guess, was it a ring? Did they even call it a ring? I don't even know what they call it. Um, I, I don't understand really what why they're doing it, but if it's serious and, and they're seriously considering making it something different in the span of those three hours every Monday night, I'm interested to see what happens this Monday night. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I know you said that you're glad they didn't spend the whole hour just on the raw underground. I disagree. I think that if this is like a separate portion of the show that doesn't mix with the rest of the show, it might it might be okay. Like to me, if this is like this is our ten to eleven portion of the show, it's the it's late. It, they can probably get a little more edgy. Uh, and you, like you said, you have something to look forward to. At, you know, you got between eight and ten, you got the normal wrestling, and between ten and eleven, you got Raw Underground, and this is different. I could probably rock with that, but the problem is, is that when you mix both together, when you have Eric and Ivar down there, and uh, I forget the the guy's name who was in NXT, I can't remember his name, but the first guy they pretty much had out there beating people up. Uh, but he's in NXT right now. Uh, but when you got them, then you, then you got the Hurt Business, who I agree with you. That was kind of dope, what they did. But it's like, it kind of clashes with the normal product, doesn't it? Like, same thing with Brawl for All. You got on, in the middle of Raw. <laughs> so <laughs> you start off Raw with Steve Austin, Undertaker, and Kane. Kane is setting stuff on fire. Undertaker is, 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 is dead. Steve Austin's punching people in the face. They're not bleeding. But in, and they're not going down off of one punch. But then in the middle of the same show, you got Brad, you got Bart Gunn knocking someone's lights out with one punch. <laughs> like, boom, down they go. <laughs> and punches all of a sudden mean more because these guys are really fighting. What about the stuff, other stuff that's happening on the rest of the show that's not, that's not real all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> why should I, should I take that less seriously? Like, I, does, it, does it vibe with me? So it just does it. I don't think it mixes well together, especially on the same show. If they did this separately and try to create something totally different with different people, and I, I, I mean, maybe you can occasionally bring in a, a normal, like uh, Eric or an Ivar or Seth Rollins, something like that, and, and occasionally, I could probably vibe with it. But for right now, it just looks like a cheap knockoff version of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, which as a show, which is just a show that it happens in WrestleMania weekend usually, didn't happen this year, but typically it happens, as a show where there's only knockouts and submissions, I rock with it just for that show, like it's that's a, it's, a, it's own universe, it's its own thing, it's a departure from everything else, this is kind of mixing the two, I don't know if it works that way, also, if you're going to do this whole underground vibe, that they're trying to do here. The camera cuts. Awful. They don't work. It's overproduced. You got the camp. You got multiple camera cuts. You got the women dancing in the back. What was the point of them? They just cut them for two seconds. And cut away from them. Don't do it. Like what's the point? And like what? Why? Why would there be women dancing there? That doesn't even make sense. Like <laughs> it doesn't even fit. What they're trying to do. Nope. I get this. They're trying to be maybe a little more edgy. But like. If you got an underground fight thing, 
do you need to hire women to dance? Like, I don't, just logically, I'm thinking about this, maybe I'm thinking about this too practically and too logically. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me that you have women there dancing off to the side. And again, WWE cut to them for like literally like two seconds and cut away from them because they got to have camera cuts all the time. It just doesn't make any sense. But so that's another problem I have with it. Another thing is I don't trust WWE to to do anything with this beyond just creating some interest for the show for the short term. If they had a long term vision for this and maybe, you know, they had plans to split this off and be its own thing. Maybe I could get behind it, but I don't trust WWE to have any long-term visions or long-term planning. To me, this is just a thing they're going to do for, a, to, they did it last, this 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 week, this past Monday, and they'll probably do it for a couple more weeks just to drum up some interest, maybe pop a rating or two, and pop a rating nowadays is getting 2 million viewers, okay? <laughs> and they did, the ratings yeah. did go up slightly this week, uh, to be fair, but then it is it just goes away and that's it and then we talk about it 20 years from now it's like remember that time they did raw underground for a couple weeks what was that about <laughs> like just like we do a bra for all which it didn't they didn't really forget about it it just never did it again because that was the smart thing to do to never do it again but um and, and it's, it's odd because it's like even though like the blood sport stuff is worked into a shoot like pancreas was kind of this just doesn't look. It doesn't look as good. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. Maybe they can. They can. They can uh, get it. Have have it look better over time. But it's just. I, don't know, I, I just. I can't give WWE, WWE the benefit of the doubt on this at all. No, I mean for they them don't... to be like, it's the shiny new toy for now, and then just <laughs> go away in a couple weeks. And it's just like, what was the point? Why? For what? Yeah, they don't need. We all know they don't have the long term vision, more like more than likely, and they're just trying to garner some ratings or some interest in the short term, and that's it. And that's my biggest issue with it. Now I will say, I agree. If we're talking about making it that one hour whole, I just meant like this Monday in general. As soon as I first saw it, I was like, no, like I can't deal with this for an hour. So the way it kind of formulated, I dig, I dig the ending, and I hated everything else. So if I, <laughs> if it was the whole hour, I wouldn't have been around at the end of the hour. So I think that that's Damn. kind of that's kind of where I'm at um, for this particular Monday. But I do agree that the best idea would be to make it the ten to eleven hour and see what you could do with that, get people talking, uh, even if it means bringing in like WWE talent that's not shoot fighting and everything. I mean, that whole, that whole vibe was, I think that's just why it was comedy to me because it was so ridiculously out there. If it was teased week to week and then they did it, then I would be more open to it. I wouldn't have laughed at it. I wouldn't have thought it was so stupid if they had, you know, some kind of buildup. And I think that's exactly why we're at where we're at with WWE they just they're just here to pop a rating or two because investors right. are getting pissed off because their ratings exactly. are going down and down and down. And this has always been Vince's answer to all that is like, all right, do something different for a few weeks and then go back to our main formula. But I, you would think by 2020 pandemic notwithstanding, Vince would realize by now that doesn't work in the long run. But no, 
he doesn't. So and you you bring up a great point in the investors and because the week before last week Vince's feet was held to the fire a little bit when it came to ratings and the product. There was multiple stories out there putting the blame squarely on him, which not just like Wrestling Observer or PW Torch. I'm talking Variety and different yeah. like mainstream outlets who finally woke up to the thing that we've been kind of crowing about for years and like yo Vince McMahon is we can talk about oh they need to build new stores stars they need better storylines more engaging storylines well who does that fall on at the end of the day it falls on Vince McMahon it's his responsibility he is the the final say and who is a star who isn't a star what storyline is going to go on tv what storyline is never going to see the light of day that's on Vince McMahon and I think the, the, the further we go into this, his feet are going to get held to the fire more and more because the ratings are going down at a significant rate. And they're being held more accountable because they got billion-dollar deals with multiple you know, networks now. You know, And investors are probably going to start worrying, like, what, what's going on? Like, what's up with this? So, yeah, this happened, you know, right after that, pretty much. There was, you know, you're talking about they should have been they may have benefited from a buildup. Well, WWE was like, look, we can't, we ain't got time for a buildup. Let's just do it now. <laughs> like, let's just do it now. And all of a sudden, all these people are here. They're all of a sudden, and these fighters are ready all of a sudden to do this thing. <laughs> like, there's no explanations. Like I said, there's no buildup. There's no storytelling. It's just, here it is. So you got Raw Underground on one end. Then you got Retribution, quote unquote, on another end, doing some other stuff that looks like, it's some uh, like an anarchist group that people are kind of relating to Antifa, which is like, that's not a good time to do this. Like, I understand <laughs> WWE wants to play off real life stuff sometimes. WWE, don't, if you do like an Antifa type of anarchist type of thing in 2020, right now, after everything that we've gone through, wow, does, are you tone deaf? Wow. You could, you, you're not going to get people to invest in this which is what they probably would want, right? They want people to like, oh, you, of course you, you feel this type of way and that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, no, you're just going to piss people off and they're not going to want to watch you. Yeah. And you're going to lose even more viewers. Especially if you make this group, this Antifa kind of group, which I understand that there's, it's not confirmed yet. We only saw them for like a couple minutes on TV and they may not be that type of group. But if they are, <laughs> all right, <laughs> if they are, Woo boy, are you going to piss some people off? Especially because we know how the president feels about quote-unquote Antifa and protesters and all that, which is complete BS, you know, and how he feels about it. And we know for a fact that Vince McMahon and his wife, Linda McMahon, have donated and and worked for, at least Linda McMahon has in the past, she was a part of his cabinet, for the president. So they kind of fall in line in their political views uh, together. And, of course, Vince McMahon has done dealings with Donald Trump in the past, uh, business-wise. But this is, you know, something totally different uh, from from a political standpoint. So, yeah, I, I don't think people will like that at all. So, <laughs> they're trying to something different. That don't mean there's anything good. And, and, it's, and yeah, if you... Raw Underground is way less offensive than that group <laughs> that they might they might put out there as the bad guys, which is like... Don't touch right. these nerves. These are nerves. I've said it before on this podcast. There are nerves that you just don't touch when it comes to wrestling. And to me, 
race and and, and unfortunately this stuff ties into race because it all started because the killing of an innocent black man in Minneapolis by the name of George Floyd and obviously there have been so many others that have been victim uh, victims of police brutality and, and flat out murdered by the police uh, but don't touch don't hit that note don't do that WWE stay out of it come up with a different way to introduce a faction and try to get people to cheer for this faction or try to get heat on this faction but not this way don't do it that way please please don't do it that way <laughs> like i'm and, telling and, y'all now and and the rumors are that maybe it's this group that of recently released people that haven't signed elsewhere yet so they're coming back for retribution and they're tying all that into a storyline and i think that even makes it worse because <laughs> it, it, like okay now you're saying like you're painting, and yes, it's wrestling, but like you said, in 2020, there are certain things you don't just touch in wrestling anymore. And, you know, looking back at, at old stuff, I, I'm I'm shocked at some of the stuff that I even watched and that were wrestling storylines before I even started becoming a fan. But it makes it even worse if these if this group is part of the recently released superstars that haven't signed elsewhere yet so now they're coming back if, and setting fire to a transformer if outside they're ta- like, if they're just mad at wwe i could probably tolerate that a little bit more it, 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 it will depend how it plays out as um, long as they're not mad at the system of the gut like don't bring the government don't bring politics don't bring the antifa type of stuff which i don't agree with those types of people who just start stuff just because it's anarchists right, like right there's people out there who really try to get a message across and then you get the anarchists coming yeah, through sabotage everything sabotaging it right and messing it all up and breaking stuff and then that's where it diverts people's attentions to yep. the carnage that they cause and it diverts them from the actual message to try the people who are peacefully protesting are trying to get across let me make that clear but if this retribution group is a bunch of uh, a group of recently released wrestlers who are trying to get retribution on WWE and they hate WWE, I can sort of rock with that line of thinking, but it depends on, it also depends on the, uh, the makeup and the, uh, not the makeup, but like the look of the group. Are they wearing, excuse me, are they wearing like masks and all black? And, you know, it just depends. It, you know, depends on the presentation, right? Yeah. And one thing we saw Monday was, too similar to other things that we've seen the last few months. So yes. they would definitely have to, and I see your point, and I, I think my point of saying like it would be even worse if it was these wrestlers, you, that's what they have to do. They, ha- they have to draw a line so we differentiate yeah. that this isn't meant to be political. And you know, I've already read that whoever thought this up, uh, there were reports out there that said, Okay, it's not meant to be political, but you're gonna have people like me that look at that and be like, "How can you not think that's political?" So they're it, gonna it's have the same to do thing something. as the Kofi Kingston storyline. We talked about it last year. It's right, like, yo, yeah. y'all gotta really explain outright that this isn't racial because if you leave it open to interpretation, people are gonna take it there that it is racial. And they, have, I don't know if they really did it ever, really at any point, but you know, we got the result that everybody wanted at the end of the day. When it comes to this group, yeah, there better be a clear delineation between what we see, what we have seen over the course of this year on television 
and in multiple cities, including Philadelphia, and what this could be. Like, like you said, it's you see it, you have no. How could you not draw that connection? I just exactly. don't know why you even go there. But especially now, I mean, <laughs> like, right now it's not the time, bro. We got serious things, very serious things going on in our world in 2020. Not just a pandemic, which is obviously at the top of the list, but these protests and these and these people and these movements that people are really trying to get things done and get their message across and get and be heard and and really, you know, make for real change out here in 2020 in, in, in our world. And you're going to turn it into a storyline for for wrestling like it just feels like I don't know. It just feels like you're cheapening it in some way. Like I just feel like it's, yeah. that to me. I don't know. It's a very serious thing that I don't want to see play out and used for for entertainment yes. on wrestling or in I, any form, honestly. Even though we will, I'm sure at some point we will get movies about this pandemic. Yep. We will get movies about uh, protests and, 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 and riots and whatnot. I'm sure that'll happen. But And, and, and mo- for the most part, those movies... Aren't looked back on as as fond and, and as fond and, and great pieces of work and whatever, but WWE, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. You you should be at least better than that. But you know they also had um, Sergeant Slaughter be an Iraqi sympathizer and Muhammad, Muhammad Hassan, Hassan. <laughs> right? You know, you and know. The, like the they, funny thing is, in 2005, I'm sitting here and I'm like. Okay, like I, I I liked the angle to a degree, and I, I wasn't fully thinking back then either. But I was like, okay, like as Americans, and I was in my shell. I, I think I was like, as Americans, like we love everyone, and the way he was talking about Americans was kind of like not like we are, like we're not like that, and that's why people didn't like him because he was stereotyping Americans. And I'm like, okay, that's the storyline. I can kind of understand that, but that. Looking back, that was never the storyline. And, you know, I gave WWE the benefit of the doubt too much back then. And I was like, you know what? Like, no. <laughs> like, looking back, I was completely wrong. And my eyes have been open since then. And I, the benefit of the doubt does not lie with them anymore. Um, and when I look back at Muhammad Hassan, I'm like, man, I was totally off. And what I thought what I thought they were trying to portray. And definitely, uh, definitely off on that one. WWE, it's just they love making foreigners heels, don't they? At least they haven't done it recently, honestly. You know, on the bump today, but they love doing that. Mustafa Ali was on there, and he had a great interview. If you have time, go and check that out on the WWE Network or YouTube or whatever. And he he explained he he talked about that tweet he sent out that nobody's going to cheer for someone named Mustafa Ali, and he just kind of went through the progress of being told that. With the way you look and your name, you have to be a heel. And in pro wrestling, <laughs> that's just how it is. And he ex- he talked about honestly, that. Which is honestly, as messed up as it sounds, it's probably in certain par- pockets of the country. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, they'll turn around and was. say Muhammad Ali is their hero. Right. Exactly. This is what seventeen years ago, I think he said, um, when he was first started out, a sixteen-year-old kid, and being told that you know with the way you look, and it was right after nine eleven too. You know, seventeen years ago, that yeah. tw- two thousand three. So. You know, being told that in that time frame, and Mustafa Ali was just saying, like, listen, I love wrestling more than anything in the world. So, you know, I guess he, he felt like he had to do it. But eventually he was just like, no, like, I'm a, I'm a good person. People should cheer for me because I'm a good person. So 
I do. It was a really great interview on the bump to this morning, and he's been on there before, but definitely he was talking about you know Black Lives Matter and everything like that this morning. So it was a great interview. So I implore anyone listening to this to go check that out at some point because uh, that you know we're still living it today in 2020. We're still living in that right. time, and uh, I thought it was a great interview and it was very eye opening. If you want to touch on public events. Mustafa Ali is right there as a prime example of a guy that you can push to the forefront and be like, yo, yep. this is, he's preaching the word, he's preaching the great message of positivity and equality. This is, he's not even on TV. It's on main event. Yeah. Like, y'all, like, y'all got, I didn't say y'all got plans for other people, but like, yo, like, it is a time to put someone out there and be like, hey, this is, this is how progressive we are. We got Mustafa Ali out here preaching this good message. And he's out here being a great baby face and a good example for people of all colors, of all races. Now is the time. Instead, he's nowhere to be found. And we might do this, going to do this retribution thing. It's like, that's the thing you touch on? Like, not the positives. Not the positive message that Mustafa Ali is, is preaching. No, let's touch on something that could be, look, looks like that's very visceral and, hey, even negative. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Mustafa Ali, super talented, uh, and seems like, a, you know, a great human being all around, and, and like you said, preaching a positive message, and has been doing it, and going against the stereotypes of, you know, that, his, his you know, and wrestling, where if you're Mustafa, a guy like Mustafa Ali, you gotta be a heel, you gotta wear the, 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 the garb, and all that, and it's like, I don't have to, you know, because that's not who I don't do that normally. So why do I do that here to play this character? Just because and and and, and feed into that stereotype even further, which WWE I'm sure would have been more than happy to do. Just look at Jinder Mahal, who's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, but yet was uh, billed from I think India all the time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Like you know he's Canadian, but he wore the the garb and hey yeah. to his. To him, for him, it, it got him a WWE championship and big matches and all that. But it doesn't have to be that way, you know. It doesn't have to be the foreign menace all the time. So WWE yeah, is together. The thing to make them feel different is exactly what you said. Put Mustafa Ali on that platform and have him carry the torch for a while and see how he does, you know, in, in interviews and in as champion and stuff like that. Like, just do it. Like, I, I don't know why they're so afraid to, as a company, do that. I mean, they would get, uh, get more it. positive press than anything. And I feel like Mustafa <laughs> Ali, if they put him out there more often and have him speak, and, I mean, man, it could it could do them wonders. And same, I've said this before, it's just like him and more of these, these black women, man, who, who, like Naomi and Bianca Belair, women of color, who could really open yourself up to a whole different audience. Meanwhile, you're using the same old types of people you've used for years and your audience is slipping. So maybe you try something different and maybe that different isn't Raw Underground. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, maybe it isn't Fight Club. Maybe, well, maybe you could do people. that on Raw, but then leave the serious stuff on SmackDown. Move uh, Mustafa Ali back know. to SmackDown and have him carry the torch there. But th- I mean... It, it, but maybe it's you, the people you're presenting and people you're connecting with. They're not connecting with all the people. Like... You can it's representation. It, it matters. That's that's pretty much the point at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, 
Transitioning yet again. More WWE talk. Uh, apparently, according to reports, WWE has potentially found a home for SummerSlam. And I know we talked about this last week and we we're like, hey, WWE, the Northeast will not have you, at least with fans. <laughs> but apparently they found somewhere in the Northeast that will have them. I'm not sure about fans. And the reports are the same, pretty much saying the same thing. They don't know about fans, but Atlantic City, New Jersey, may have WWE for SummerSlam in 2020. I don't know where they're going to do this show. I guess right on the boardwalk, which would right? be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but or I, I may I, I don't know where else they would do it. Tropicana. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. The Sheraton. My, I don't. One, I don't know. One of my favorite places in AC, Tropicana. Tropicana is dope. I went to a yeah. restaurant there. It's uh, awesome. And last year. When I took like a little mini vacation, uh, me and my girlfriend we went to AC. It's like I said, a little, little something, something. Nothing like the New Orleans trip we took this year, which was <laughs> wild. Um, a lot of fun, by the way. That was a real vacation. This was like a little mini thing. But we went to the Tropicana, and we went to an Asian restaurant called Okachi. And it was it was pretty good. It was like dope. It was like a candy shop. Uh, like on the outside. Like you look at it, it's just like a little tiny little candy shop. And then they open his door, and it's like a whole restaurant in there. It's like, oh snap! This is this like super secret stuff in here. This is dope. But um, maybe they can have it there. I don't know. But somewhere in Atlantic City, probably right on the boardwalk, so you can get your funnel cake, you can get a souvenir shirt, and uh, watch SummerSlam potentially. <laughs> like, that's 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 the latest schedule. But I don't know how you feel about this, nigga. I know New Jersey, like your second home. What's your thoughts about this? Yeah, man, why don't you just leave the Florida people in Florida, man? Just keep them away from Jersey right now. Just find some some beach in Florida. Why, why are they gonna come up to Jersey? Like, what the hell? And especially <laughs> right. in, le- in less than two weeks, like they can't quarantine at this point. So uh, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. If it does wind up happening, please just stay in there and don't. Don't go outside. Maybe they have their own little bubble, you know, and just don't go outside of it. And, uh, I mean, the visual would be cool if it's anywhere on the beach. That, that's my main thing. They they just aired SummerSlam 92 on FS1 last night, and I was watching it like I had seen – I was watching it for the first time. It was awesome. I just love that, like, atmosphere and everything like that. So it just brought me back to that. So, yeah, have it outdoors. If it's – I just don't know what – what the rough point is about finding some place in Florida, like why they have to come up to Jersey. Like, have they not looked in Florida or have they done their due diligence? I, I mean, it's WWE, so I can never assume that they have. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's something though. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do like two know, nights or, or what, if it's still one night, but the card's shaping up to be pretty good. I mean, I'm going to be entertained and you got NXT coming up too. So, I mean, they're, I, I will be looking forward to both shows, but why not just stay in Florida and find a boardwalk there? Or a you would think there? that would be the, <laughs> the optimum thing to do is to not have to make these people travel yeah. anywhere more than what they already do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why exactly. do you have to be somewhere in the Northeast 
to do this show. Like I said, just stay in Florida. And you can still do it outside, right? Yeah. I don't know, but Atlantic City, man, it's... It just... I don't I don't know. what. Now they're bringing all their talent and their production crew up here. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem very wise, does it? No, not at all. What? I don't know, man. I, look... You know WWE isn't going, like you said, quarantine and have a bubble. They're not going to do any of that. They're just going to come up here, stay at a hotel. Act like they own the state. Act like they own everything. Right. Leave and and that's it. And it's like, are y'all going to take the proper precautions even by doing, like, I just, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, it'd be like the NBA doing all their stuff in Orlando and then for the finals, they go to Vegas. It's like, (laughs) why would you do that? You're already there. Yeah. You got the bubble. It's what it's been working. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Look, I. We said it last week. We're proponents for the outdoor setting for SummerSlam. That should be the case moving forward. In my opinion, find you know either a like they do for the Royal Rumble. They find baseball stadiums. Now I understand finding a baseball stadium in August might be tough because of baseball season. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and finding them in January for the Royal Rumble is a little easier. But you can still probably do an MLS stadium in, in, in August, maybe. Smaller than the baseball stadium, more than likely. But who cares? It's still a stadium. Yeah, they're not, they're not being used. So, I mean, they're, they would be, they're not being used now. But right, I'm saying right, like right, right. in the future, 2021 and beyond, they would be yeah, you yeah. Know, in use during MLS season in August, I believe. But they're not used every day like baseball where MLS, they play once a week or something like that. So, I don't know, but just stay away Atlantic from Jersey, City. man. Just stay away from here because, God forbid, one person is near them, and then they come to Philly, and then they come to Delaware County, and it's just, it right spikes again. Right, because New Jersey's doing pretty well for itself, right? Like as far as we know, right? It's doing okay, right? Compared to the rest of the states, yeah. I mean, it's going up here and there, but um, I think that's what we are kind of going to be used to expecting the next few months. We're still going to see cases rise, but as long as it's controlled, uh, it won't be as right. bad as it was, you know, in March and April, hopefully. Right. So I don't know. So it's bringing just, up a whole hundreds of people from Florida, I don't think is the right idea. <laughs> right. And then again, will there be fans there? Because they definitely want limited fans. Yeah. Yeah, they want to like, be. Bro. That's what Vince. Like, he wants to be that first event that has got like fans, like real fans. They're not bro. Um, the that's... ones that AEW has right now in their crowd. Like he wants like those real fans, and he he. I think that's number one is on his agenda at this point. He wanted to be the first show after nine eleven, and I'm I'm not sure how hard it was to convince people in Houston to do that, but I'm sure it wasn't easy. <laughs> And uh, I mean, but it's a little easier when there isn't the risk of a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Right in there, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe some hesitation, but you know, if you go, you, you're probably later, not going to get sick it's, afterwards. It's, like, you're yeah. just going to go, and that's it. Like, uh, this is totally different than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, no, that. I think he's probably looking to be he's the first that guy. event or whatever. And, he's that guy. I want right. to be the first to do this. I want to be the first to do that. It's but. like, bro, not only will these states probably not allow you to do it. It's also just not smart to do. And trust me, I know fans will go. 
<laughs> I, I I wholeheartedly believe fans will pay money to go to see SummerSlam in person, even if it's only twenty five percent capacity. Same thing with football games. I for sure know that fans will pay money to go see a football game or baseball game uh, if they're allowed to. But guess what? As of right now, they're not. And SummerSlam only a couple weeks away in what's Atlantic City? Is that South Jersey technically? Or is that Central yeah, Jersey? Either yeah, way, South, South South Jersey, bruh, no way. I can't. <laughs> I can't see Jersey allowing it. I just can't see it if it actually happens. That's just again. Right. These are all uh, just reported. You know, happenings right now. It's not nothing has been confirmed by WWE or anything like that. But I just can't see it happening right now. I, why? Why would Jersey make an exception for WWE What's when the they pain? can't even make an exception for the New Jersey Devils? <laughs> I get maybe <laughs> maybe Vince was like, "I'll pay you a billion dollars." <laughs> then he got to be like, hmm, "Okay, maybe a billion, a billion, <laughs> right?" Hey, they're getting Come a bunch. Of, I, I'm that's how much money it might take. But I know that's yeah. It's like, hey, we got this this new deal with Fox. Make so you an offer you we'll can't pay. refuse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the only way I could see because Governor Murphy Murphy's been pretty hard. You know, there there are people that are upset with him because he's quote unquote behind every other state. But you know, it, it's been working throughout the last few months. That's why the numbers are so good around here compared to states that are spiking uh, really quickly. Uh, I mean, cases are rising around here, but that's just because there's more testing and stuff like that. So. Overall, I think this area in the Northeast has been doing pretty well since, you know, April. But you just can't, you can't think that it's over. And you can't just be like, okay, like, just come up here from Florida. <laughs> just a, a state that's been rising ever since, what, last month or the month before. So it's crazy to think about. And it's crazy I'm to reading. think of it, the fact that Atlantic City was even reported by Dave Meltzer means that I feel like talks have been going on. And that, I mean, I don't think it would be reported if Atlantic City wasn't really consider, considering doing it. Because every other state's apparently said no that they've been looking at. I'm reading the uh, Wrestling Observer figure four online, which is from Meltzer, obviously. Yeah. I've kind of had a beef with lately, but. Um, <laughs> But no, who else? Josh Matthews blocked me too from Impact Wrestling. But Josh that was Matthews like four years ago. By, blocked by random people. Yeah, man. <laughs> Josh Matthews. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wants. He's Meltzer said that Vince wants out of Florida to give a different look to SummerSlam, and that he really wants fans in attendance. And it's unknown whether NXT Takeover will be a part of that as well. Uh, said. Quote, however, there are some logistical hurdles to clear before that could happen, especially with having any fans in attendance. As of Monday, uh, state mandates are that if the show was indoors, which is probably not going to be, would be it would be limited to a maximum capacity of 25 people. And if it was outdoors, it would be 500 people, but only if social, social distancing is observed. Uh... <laughs> State Governor Phil Murphy reduced the indoor numbers from twenty five from from one hundred to twenty five in the last few days due to an uptick in COVID nineteen cases. So, five hundred people at a show. I just I, I I guess they're allowed in an outdoor gathering like that technically, but 
in New Jersey. But uh, I still don't see it happening. <laughs> it's just it just still doesn't seem that smart. And I, I guess they can distance people, but I don't know. It's just it's just an odd time, bro. Yeah, yeah, and an odd time. It's funny right because now. it's like no one is gonna be mad if. They just do SummerSlam in the Performance Center. Like no one's gonna be. That's like, oh, true shucks. too. No like, one would care. No fans would care. They already did WrestleMania. That's the biggest show of the year. You did right? that in the Performance Center. So no one's gonna complain at SummerSlam. Is that we? I think most reasonable people would understand why that that is the case. It's just how it is right now. Yep. The only person that seems to care is Vince McMahon. <laughs> like, he's the only one that seems to care. And of course, if if he cares, and everybody else in WWE has to care, but no, like like our homie John McMullen, John F. McMullen on Twitter said, I have no idea how this is even possible, but WWE is quote unquote considering Atlantic City for SummerSlam in a few weeks. Again, we're not the only ones that make it seem like we're not incredulous. We're not the only ones incredulous by this. It's a it's other people too. It just doesn't make any sense right now. Like what? Why? <laughs> Just stay in, stay your ass in Florida and do your show. <laughs> Don't bring it up here. Whatever y'all got down there, because you know they, they, man. I just, it just doesn't seem like a smart thing to do right now. WWE, and to do a show not anywhere even, else outside of Florida, outside of your little bubble that you're not really, not really a bubble, but your full bubble down there. We even forgot that this is the same company that had a bunch of positive cases recently. You know, like exactly. So that's why I said faux bubble because it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really properly adhere to the standards of a bubble. They're just like winging it, and then it's like, oh wait, y'all can actually catch it too. All right, well, we'll I guess we'll start testing y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess. <sighs> so yeah, that's, that's our uh, current wrestling talk right now. You got anything else you want to talk about, Nick? Before you. Uh... Uh, Call it an, an evening here in episode two forty six. I'm trying to think. I, I've I've always kind of given Impact Wrestling the benefit of the doubt, and now here I am, like kind of excited that they've got these new talents. And I've I haven't watched it since Slammiversary, so I have three episodes mm. of Impact Wrestling on my DVR. I'm I'm going to try and get through that this week, and uh, you know before our next show and. That's a lot of wrestling, though. <laughs> I do it's feel a bad. It's two-hour show, right? I, still, yeah, yeah. So I do feel bad about that. Um, I'm sure it's good stuff. I I read that they did an angle last night where Rich Swan was retiring because of a leg injury or something, and Eric Young came out and beat the crap out of him. So looking forward. Like it, it seems like they've got good storylines going on. So I, I got I definitely have to check that out. And I I'm kind of kicking myself that I haven't been able to yet. Eric Young back in Impact Wrestling. Yep, his home. And Rhea Ripley is all blonde now. Did I miss Rhea that? Ripley? Yeah. Did Did they drop the ball on her or oh what? Oh my goodness! We could do a whole other show on that. What debacle. the hell happened? I I am on record on Twitter of all places of saying she's the next big thing, and the way they built her was absolutely fantastic. She won the title on an episode of NXT that I thought was like, okay, like this is like one of the best things ever. And that ever since that point, it's just been like a downfall. Her loss to Charlotte was ridiculous and didn't since, make any sense. Oh my goodness, I just can't. It's like 
Vince is sitting there on these conference calls and these investor calls saying, we need to make new stars. And then you have Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. It's like, bro, you could have done it Charlotte's so many already, times. Like Charlotte's already a star, so you could have made right. Rhea Ripley that same star and you, you decided so not many, to. You had so many opportunities to make new stars and you're sitting there telling everybody, like, we need to make them. It's like, well, you had chances. <laughs> what about Shayna, Shayna Baszler? You could have made her at WrestleMania oh, too. Didn't. Yeah. Like, what are y'all doing, bro? Like, Rhea Ripley completely ruined. They had so much momentum with her. And I thought that it could have been her and Bianca Belair, like, really running things. And then they forgot about Bianca Belair, too. They, they just left her out of Street Profits for some reason until, <laughs> my God, Montez Ford gets poisoned. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> oh, my God. And now Bianca Belair is mad, and she's with Street Profits again. It's like, what the hell? We all, <laughs> wasn't she there to begin with? And then she just wasn't? Now she's back again. Yeah, yeah. Because a man got poisoned. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? They put something in his cup, man. He got roofied <laughs> on national TV. Well, Somebody should be pressing charges. <laughs> I will say, they got people talking this week about some of the ridiculous things they did, but Bro, they can't between, keep doing that. They can't be- keep doing that. Between ninjas. Oh, a, yeah. an anarchist group, a poison angle, and a an fight eyeball, club. It's an eyeball little, popping out. An eyeball. That was last. That was a couple weeks ago. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm just talking about oh, just talking for about Monday. Just now. Okay. Just Monday. <laughs> so let's recap again. Anarchist group, a poison angle, a bunch of ninjas, and a fight club, all on one show. It just feels odd. WWE, like we gotta. There's no consistency in anything. It's just <laughs> I don't understand what the hell they're doing. It's just like we've lost our way in how to pre- present wrestling. And it's like people. I think people genuinely would be into wrestling again if it's presented in a entertaining fashion. But it just it just <laughs> lost their way somewhere along the way in the distant past. And here we are. We got Fight Club and, and Nakumite. On WWE TV, we'll see how it goes next week. But if there is, you know, if it's there next week, they might abandon it in a week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> With no explanation, like, right? Or you'll just like, have, like, I have MVP say we bought it and now we throw throw it out. Like they'll, they'll shut have, it down. They'll have some stupid ass explanation for it. I just I just have no faith in WWE to have like any remote long term vision for it. Like, it's just something to do for the next maybe couple weeks. Drum up some interest. Drum up, a, you know, some viewers maybe. Maybe. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see the end game here, or, or even if it's a long game, but I would be pleasantly surprised if they do and it becomes kind of like a staple of the Monday Night Raw show. Um, but they would have to work at it. And... They don't do a very good job at that. <laughs> so, no. Uh, no. We'll just have to wait and see. Again, this was announced day of. Because there were reports coming out before the show that there was chaos backstage, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was chaotic. And things are getting changed left and right. And it's just like, how could you possibly have a long-term vision for something if you don't I really said, have the idea until like an hour before the show? 
And there's documentaries about WCW that they've done where they make fun of them about how chaotic it was backstage and how they had a rewrite up till showtime. And I'm like, they're more WCW than WCW ever was WCW. <laughs> and they're I doing it, and, they, and they've done it for a longer period of time. Yeah, and that, that's crazy to me because I guess in a way you can thank Vince McMahon for that because I'm not sure anyone else would have been able to handle that. Um, but he's done kind of wonders in a way that he's been having Raw for almost 10 years now and like just no sign of going back to two hours and then just he he outdoes himself in the wrong ways (laughs) he really does they can't they can't go back to two hours though. That's that's a money no, thing. No, but yeah, with the advertising, no, not at all. Yeah, so, that's, but that's why not make that something? Else? Why not make that live wire instead of raw underground? No, I'd rather take raw underground. <laughs> 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 at least I see some action. Oh. Uh, but yeah, look, like I said, if it's ten to eleven, right. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Right. I will, I'll be I mean, okay it with makes that. Sense. Like, that used to be the war zone. <laughs> Remember they split up. Yeah, those two hours. <laughs> that graphic would pop up. <laughs> yeah, like the raw is war is over now. Now it's the war zone. It's like whatever. But um, and it came and it up, actually show it came up, up with the guy. That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy so, would say eight to eight to nine yeah. or nine at ten was raw is war and ten to eleven was war zone. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> but um, mm. so maybe that's maybe that's the long term vision behind it. But I. After all the chaos we heard about and that was reported on Monday, how could you have a long-term vision? Maybe that vision is <laughs> being built up now, <laughs> yeah. you know, as we speak. Because they had two shows. They taped two shows that day. They didn't just tape Raw, mm-hmm. one episode of Raw. I think they taped two. Mm-hmm. So who in the world knows? We'll find out, and we'll talk about it at some we point will. in we the will. near future on a future episode of The Straight Shooters. But until then, Nick... Take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And you can listen to this podcast, previous podcasts, and check my writing on wrestling and sports out at PhillyInfluencer.com and PhillyVoice.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon also, patreon.com slash Shooters Radio. We will be adding some new content very soon, actually, like tomorrow, <laughs> actually, <laughs> uh, as we record this. We're going to record our Wing Bowl deep dive exclusively on Patreon, small fee of one ninety nine. So if you want to listen to that, we'll have the good brother Tommy Rowan on to discuss Again, not a wrestling-related type of thing. That's why we're putting it on the Patreon. Uh, but it's a very interesting type of thing. So if you're uh, not from Philly or you're even from Philly and you want to hear our deep dive into this, and if you're not from Philly, you want to know what the hell this even is, <laughs> check us out. It'll be up in the near future on the Patreon, patreon.com slash shootersradio. Of course, you can find our normal episodes, a whole slew of them, on ShootersRadio.com. We got archives on a whole bunch of different websites and platforms as well. Uh, Also, check out some of my writing. I've been writing my ass off lately. I don't know if y'all have noticed, uh, but I haven't really tweeted the stories out on my Twitter, but some of them have been put out at Eagles on Eagles, you know, Eagles Twitter, but 
uh, go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com and check out some of the stories I've been writing. You know, I've been writing my ass off. Like I said, I've been out here doing things. So uh, check me out on there. Uh, haven't forgot how to do this thing called writing. You know, I'll be still out here doing my thing. So check me out there as well. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 246 of The Straight Shooters. And we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace.